Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Now today and this month, we talked about the call last week. Let's put our hands together for my wife and Pastor Olu. I'll try and do my introduction of a whole lot of stuff that concerns the whole theme for the month, talking about the call, the called, and the call-in. When we talk about the call, we're talking about God's original plan, original purpose for creation. It was necessary that when God created the fish, he had to create the ocean and the waters for the fish to swim in. Because swimming comes natural with fish. Before fish was created, God already knew that he would create the oceans and the waters. Every one of us whether your pregnancy was planned or it was not planned let me tell you one eternal fact that God planned you. In fact, before you were born, God had a need for you. He had a purpose for you. That purpose was the reason why your name was called out of the millions. Biologically, it's said that in the sperm of a man are millions of seed. But only one connects with the egg. You were the one that was called out of the millions. Because there was and there is a need, a purpose and a plan for you at such a time as this. And this need, this plan, this purpose, this call had been in existence 
before your parents came together. So even though you are the biological product of your biological parents, but there is a God in heaven that actually put you together, perfect for purpose. That's why God told Jeremiah, he said, before you were born, in Jeremiah chapter 1, he said, before you were born, I knew you. Before you were conceived in the womb, I already ordained you a prophet to the nations. It meant God needed a prophet to the nations and he called Jeremiah. So the actions of Jeremiah's parents, they didn't know what was going on in the realms of the spirit above their head. But there was a divine hand that was staring them. When we look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, the first six days of creation, there was something that was repeated. The Bible said, and the night and the day, and it was the first day. And the Bible would say, and God looked at what he had created, and it was good. Now, in my head, if nothing had been in existence, how did you know it was good? It meant for everything God created, it had a mental picture. So when the thing came to be, to be, he compared what he was physically looking at with the original plan in his mind. And when it matched, he would sign off on them. <laughs> when you were born, when I was born, God signed off on us because we met the specifics of what God had in mind. The master craftsman, the one that's better than the Picassos of this world. The one that's better than, than the Van Goghs of this world. He assessed you and he put his signature on you. He signed off on you that you are ready for purpose. You are ready to be unleashed on the earth. I had not seen, here had not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man. What is about to be unleashed through you? What is about what the world would benefit through you in the name of Jesus Christ. So every one of us, we were created with a call. And you can, in, you can interchange that word call with purpose. And that purpose was way before we emerged on earth. Let's talk about the calling. Because it's important to separate and understand the call. Because when we're talking about the call, we're talking about something that transcends just the four walls of a church. Every human being born of a woman came with a call. Came with a purpose. 
when we're talking about the calling, however, when someone says, I know my calling, I have a calling, it's like you've now, you're, you, you, you've become aware. You've become conscious of the call, the mandate of heaven that produced you. That realization, that process is what is called the calling. Of course, for every call, there has to be a caller. When you're look, literally looking at a, imagining a phone call. So God is the one calling because you can't call yourself. The content of your conversation with God, the details of that conversation, when it comes upon you, when a realization, when God begins to explain to you the reason why I made you the way I made you, why you were given birth to by the parents, you were given birth to, I selected them to be the conduit through which you would be birthed. So we would thank God for our parents and honor God through honoring our parents. Nobody would ever despise their parents or the place and the circumstances of their birth because everything was divinely arranged to prepare you for purpose. So when we come to that realization of that which had been in existence long before we were born, we now say, we know our calling. I now say for me that my calling is to be a preacher, to be a pastor. Every other thing up till now was working together for this purpose. Let me talk about the called. Because if God is the one doing the calling and you suddenly get his, your phone starts ringing and you pick the call, you are the called. There are two categories of people in this. There are those that have a purpose. They have a call, like I said, everybody does before we were born. But we don't know it. Or we've not yet had that conversation with God. Or come to a realization of that calling. So we just go about making up stuff. And unfortunately, over 90% of believers fall into this category. That's why you see people trying to be like other people. Because the nature of everybody's call is as distinct as your fingerprint. That's why the Bible says it's only fools that compare themselves with another. The fact that your twin, identical twin, is succeeding in one thing does not mean that 
that's ex- the thing that you are called to do. You are not competing with other people. You are competing with your own destiny. Because if you knew the nature of a divine call by itself, and when I say divine, I mean God's call on every human being, is bigger than what you can accomplish by yourself alone. And it's usually bigger than just something that benefits you alone. Over 90% of people, we assume becoming rich is our calling. Oh, having wealth and money is good. But church, may I stand to say that that's not your purpose. There are people that are copying to become like other people. And it's a major error. Because you can, at best, you will be a cheap copy of an original. At best, when heaven designed you to be an original yourself. Some would dress like other people. These are my, I don't know what they call it in social media. You are following someone. Sorry? Well, idol, he said, yes. And there are some of us that we focus on the wrong things. I thought the thing, the only thing for me was just to beat the drums and to sing. That was all I thought was about me. In fact, when I was requested to pastor, I resisted it violently because I wanted to keep beating the drums and keep singing. And the incidental thing was that while I sang, God was moving. So I thought that was all there was to me. Like Esther. The Bible told us the story of Esther we all know very well. Dashing, beautiful young lady. She thought her beauty was her purpose. She was so beautiful when the king saw her. He said, there is a God in heaven, man. That day, he, he said, there's no need for any competition any longer. I found my queen. And Esther became the queen in the palace. She stepped out and was living large. Whenever the king wanted to, to, to you know, it was her beauty brought joy, brought, I mean, she thought that was all there was to her. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. You are tall, beautiful like a stallion. Men swoon over you. When you walk on the streets, there are times that there are accidents. 
you yourself know that you are beautiful. But I've come to tell you that your purpose is bigger than that. Esther thought that was all there was until a mentor, our uncle, told her that there's trouble in the nation and God used your beauty to open a door to the palace so that God would have a voice that can speak for the kingdom in the palace. <laughs> that if you fail God, God would raise another. He said, but remember, you were created for such a time as this. That day, it was like scales fell off. That there was much more to this beauty than just being the king's wife. And meant the beauty opened the door and meant to be a voice for a nation. Your certification, your smartness might have opened the door of that Fortune 500 company, but you are meant to be a voice for the kingdom. In your class, you are the smartest. Everybody comes to you. Your smartness opened the door for people to look up to you. You are meant to be a voice for the kingdom. There are people that are wealthy and we talk about my wealth, my wealth. That wealth is supposed to open a door that your life may become relevant for the purposes of the kingdom. The second category of the called, ladies and gentlemen, they are those that know and have discovered their purpose. They're running with it. There are some that are running with it and heaven is saying you are crawling instead of running. There are some that are running but God is saying you are meant to be flying. There are some that have wasted so much time with distractions. And heaven is saying to you this morning, can you please check your time? What season are you? People like Paul discovered their purpose. They knew their calling. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6, he said, as for me, Paul, my life has been poured out as an offering to God. He said, the time of my death is near, I know. He said, I can say I have fought a good fight. Someone say, fought a good fight. I have overcome the obstacles because it's important for us to know that even when you discover your call, 
in Christ. You show that this is what God has called you to be. Your pulpit is in the marketplace. Your pulpit is in your class. Your pulpit is with your study group at school, in college. It's important for you to know that there are times you need to fight for the call. It's important for you to know that you need to press against some opposition. So Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Because at times we assume that discovering our call in God does not require any struggle. If it is God, I don't need to fight. Oh, it's, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Someone say a good fight. He said, I have finished the race. That's a totally different thing. Because when we look at the statistics of people that finished, completed their race, there are very few from Genesis to Revelation. My question to you this morning is where are you? There are people that start well but get derailed midstream. There are people that run but at the tail end the challenges of life leads to one detour, the necessity for survival. Paul said, I overcame all this and I finished. I completed my calling. Said, and I have remained faithful. I've lived a life worthy of my call. Are you beautiful and you've become arrogant? Are you wealthy and you've become proud? Are you so smart that you get irritated by people that can communicate with you at your level? said I remained faithful I lived a life that was worthy of my call this thing about discovering our call knowing our calling it's not a title church it's a life For too long, we've been too hung up on titles. And the enemy has quietly used the titles to derail us from the original purpose and plan. So we say, if you don't call me Apostle Bio, you are disrespecting my office. Because someone called me Bio. When I was born, did they put apostle or pastor? Do you know there are some people, I don't know about you, that you want to write their name. They are not there with you, but you are hesitating. 
I can't just put their name. I've got to put pastor. How many people you've experienced that? You paused because you're thinking, I've got to put, I can't just put bio. It's disrespectful of his office. It's because a religious mind has been trained to think that a calling is a synonymous with a title. And 2 Timothy 4, 8, Paul rounded up. He said, and now there is a prize that is waiting for me. There is a prize for those that finish. Those that complete. It means there is a possibility that we may start and not finish. <laughs> may the grace of the third month be sufficient to carry us through to the finish line in the name of Jesus. How does God call people? I say here that there, God has different ringtones. And I can assure you the ringtone with which God called A is going to be different from the ringtone with which he called B. I'll give you examples from the scriptures. The way God is going to call you, daughter, is different from the way God is going to call your father. In fact, the way God spoke to you yesterday at times may just be different from the way he's speaking to you today. There are people in the Bible that God used dramatic ringtones to call. People like Moses. In Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. New Living Translation. The Bible said one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock for far into the wilderness and came to a mountain called Sinai. This same Moses, the Bible said there the angel of the Lord appeared to him. In a blazing fire from the middle of a bush, Moses stared in amazement. It was like, whoa. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. It was so dramatic. There is no way any mortal man would forget a bush that is burning, but is not burnt. That was how dramatic his call was. And the Bible said, and God called him out of the bush. He heard his name, Moses, Moses. He said, here am I. He surrendered. I, I, this can only be God. That's, there are a few people that experience such dramatic calls. Paul was the same thing on the road to Damascus. His horn was so dramatic that he was, he was shot, he was blinded. He couldn't see. He heard a voice that other people were not hearing and he was talking to God 
openly while other people were there and they couldn't hear what they were wondering, well, who was he talking to? His ringtone was so remarkable. Please don't wait. Because God may be speaking to you in a non-dramatic way. Oh, there are so, because when such people come, if a Moses were to come up here and talk about his calling, everybody will be, wow, he's a man of God. Because you can't, I mean, what he experienced was so huge and dramatic. And do you know that there was nobody else in the Bible that God called through a burning bush? For too long, too many of us have been waiting for a dramatic ringtone from God. Unfortunately, that's not the way God moves. In fact, for someone like me, a different moment in my life, God used the voice of my father, my biological dad. He was the one that chose the course that I studied in college. He didn't consult me. He just, you are going to study law. You are going to become a lawyer. I am a lawyer. You are a lawyer. Case closed. I guess our generation, because if I try that with my, they would say, let me not go there again. And of course, I studied law. But church, God used his voice to prepare a young man for ministry. Because in my course of study, they taught us how to talk, how to hold sway in a law court. They taught us how to look a judge in the eye and mesmerize a, I forgot, a witness in a witness box. How to identify a difficult witness and dismember that witness. Such that by the time you are through with that witness, he's confused and you've gotten what you want from him. If it's a difficult witness, you can get them upset. By the time they get angry and they say stuff, your case is sealed. You just, that's all you need. I don't need the witness anymore. You just walk over. Because you got the witness upset and all the preparation that is done with his lawyer, you messed him up in the witness box. All that you were taught to stand and hold sway. And I never knew, maybe I wouldn't have been able to stand before a crowd. Today, it doesn't matter whether it's a million people or one person, I talk. Because I obeyed my biological father, God used his voice. It was my mother that took me to crusades where I watched evangelists preach the gospel. And some of the mannerisms I have today, they were ingrained in me when I was little because that was all my mother did. Every weekend, she would take us to crusades. My brother still told me she saw a mother with three children at the redemption camp. And he said, Bio, I remembered mama. How our mother would load us into his Volkswagen 
some people won't know what that is. Beetle. Okay, so I think I have, oh no, you wouldn't know what a beetle is, you're too young. You know what a beetle is? You sure, not the new version, I'm talking of the old version. <laughs> ah, somebody said that. <laughs> she would pack all of us into, with my cousins. But God was using her to imprint on the plain slate of a young boy what his future would be like. And I can go on and on. It was my pastor that said, go and pastor a church. I did not know God was speaking through him. Until God showed up in my living room in Sugarland. Several years after all this, he had been speaking through all these events. People were in the living room, I was watching TV. And it was like a cloud enveloped me. Everything else faded out and I began to hear him speak. That was my conversation with him. But all these other times, he had been guiding me and speaking through me. So if God didn't use a dramatic ringtone to call you, never believe a lie that you don't have a calling. Because exactly where you are, heaven orchestrated the events of your life to bring you to this place. Take someone like Ruth. When you read the story of Ruth in the Bible, there is not one single, in fact, I don't know whether it's the book of Ruth. Someone said that the name of God wasn't even mentioned at all. Her calling was so silent. There was nothing dramatic about the calling of Ruth. All she did was to obey. She found out that there was something about her mother-in-law. And that this is it. She just knew it from the gods that this is it. If I follow this woman... My purpose is embedded in serving her. And she just went with her. And of course, the rest is history. The woman said, go back. I don't have anything to give you. She said, no, don't worry. Where you go, I would go. Your people would be my people. Where you die, I would die. I think it's Martin Luther King Jr. that said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and the earth will pause to say, here lies a great street sweeper who did his job well. Whatever your hand finds to do where you are right now, do it to the best of your ability. 
There are people here, let me talk about the threes and the th trials of the call. Because for too long, people look at leaders, people look at, I don't know, let me say pastors, since I'm one. And they think it's all fun, it's all, you know, they just, you know, you just hold the mic and you just tell people to stand and everybody will just, wow, that is power. And people just assume that is all there is. Remember one guy that called me, I think 11 a.m. one day. And he said, wow, are you still sleeping? He said, because I know pastors, you guys don't have anything you do. I can't forget that conversation. Sorry, if you are listening to me, he's, um, I'm sure people would have forgotten. So I said, he doesn't have a clue. Only if he knew. There's a story of a young man that went to his mentor. He was about to start a church and was looking for advice from his mentor. And the mentor looked at him, looked at him, looked at him. And the young man started vibrating and shaking because he knew something heavy. You know, he was expecting something like the glory. I see glory. I see the mountain top. I see the rainbow. I see, you know, he was expecting such prophetic, profound words. And the old man looked at the young man intently with piercing eyes and he said to him, he said, one thing I can promise you, one thing I am confident and sure of, is that God will break you before he makes you. The young man looked up, looked down, and he himself wrote the story years later from the book I read. That how true was my mentor. Someone said, if you lead long enough, especially in church, you would experience real betrayal. There are challenges. But Paul said, I fought a good fight. I overcame all the challenges. I don't know who you are, daughter. Someone said a word to you that you are not good enough. That you are a failure. And you've allowed that word define your world. And limit your gift. God said for me to tell you there's much more to you than that man. In fact, God said for me to tell you, girl, that that same person that said those words is coming to bow to you one day. You need to rise up from that place of hopelessness 
and possess your possession. So says the Spirit of the Lord. There are thrills. In taking hold of our call and our calling. Paul said there is a prize now waiting for me because I completed my race. In fact, in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 38, Paul was writing. He said, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. And he went on to give a litany of things. Things that would make other people give up on their dreams. Things that will make other people give up on their calling. Things that will make other people doubt God when the chips are down. When all hell breaks loose. He said, neither heaven nor hell can separate us from the love. He was that convinced. Are you convinced? Because you need such thrill, such depth of conviction. Not just to start well, but to finish well. I'm going to close, church. The question, the three questions I leave with you, they are these. Where are you? Are you busy trying to be a copy of someone? Or you're sure and confident that you are an original? Failed a few times but willing to rise up again because that's the spirit with which champions are made. Where are you? Why are you here? What you are doing right now, how is that connected to your purpose and your call? Because it's a life that we live, not a title that we carry. Everything you do should be connected to your purpose. So you would ask yourself as you go through this month and let it be a part of you. This thing I'm doing, how is this connected to my purpose in life? The food you are eating. Ask yourself, how is this connected to my purpose? Because you eat to live, you don't live to eat. If you're living to eat and you damage this vehicle that is meant to carry you to your destination, your purpose is there, your call is there. But you destroy the vehicle by reckless living and eating. We would give account. Ask yourself, how is this thing I'm doing connected to my purpose? When you want to curse, just hold yourself. Is this connected to my purpose?
And finally, ask yourself, how much time do I have left? There's a man in the Bible called Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, God called this man very clearly. God said to him, Joshua, God said, be strong and courageous. Remember the story of Joshua after Moses, the great man of God that parted the Red Sea had just died. And the Bible said, and God moved on and looked at Joshua and raised him up and said, Joshua, you are the next man. God said to him in verse number six, he said, you are the one who will lead this people to possess all the land. Underline the word all the land. That was his calling. Those were the details of the conversation he had with God when God called him. Remember the call? The one doing the call is God because you can't call yourself. It's an error for you to design a purpose and a destiny for yourself because you didn't create yourself the way you were. You can go do body whatever, adjustment. Very soon, when the body starts coming apart at old age, you would need to redo the body that was redone. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that God, there is a God in heaven that designed you perfect for purpose. And that God, when he calls, he gives the details. So for Joshua, he called him and gave him the details. Please church, watch this. In Joshua chapter 13, in Joshua chapter 1 at the beginning, that was the conversation with God. By the 13th chapter of his life, God assessed him and this was the report card. I read Joshua 13.1 NIV. He says, when Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old. Unfortunately, there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. Amplified classic version says, Joshua had gone far in years, over a hundred years old, and the Lord said to him, you have grown old and gone far in years and that ant should be but very much land remains to be possessed shall we stand what's heaven's report card you know there are times people may be celebrating you People are clapping for you. You are the most beautiful person. You are the wealthiest. You are the smartest. We're the richest. 
and the heaven's report card is saying, daughter, you're wasting time. Son, you are distracted. This is the season of restoration. This is the moment that God brings back that which had been lost. The Bible speaks of not looking back behind us at what had gone past, but looking ahead. Not as if we have accomplished anything. He said, but looking to the higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Your calling is a high calling. And it's in Christ. If you are here today, you do not know Christ. How can you sincerely step into the place of your high calling when you do not have Christ? I'm not talking about religion and church. I don't know how God has spoken to any of us this morning. For some of us, we've been deluded. I need all eyes to be closed, please. It's a very serious time. Upstairs, downstairs, for those watching virtually, I want you to please close your eyes. Let God speak to you. Where are you? For those that do not know Christ, you need to ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. That you may discover your high calling in Christ. For those who do not know how to connect our lifestyle with our calling, ask the Holy Spirit. That God, your word says, to live a life worthy of our calling. Please help me. I'm called to the nations. I'm called to be an influencer at school, at work. You gave me this wisdom. I'm so smart. Difficult things come easy to me. God, show me how this can be a tool to unlock my calling. My purpose. Every one of us, I want us to ask God, please show us. If we're busy making stuff up, stuff that has nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with why we were kept, created, preserved up till today. For some of us, there's no direction. 
We just go to work and come back. When fish gets into water, it comes alive. For some of us, we've not really experienced that life, that excitement, that joy of being alive. Because all our lives, we've just been just going through the motions. Today marks the day that the covenant of the third month would remove every blindfold, every deception, every distraction. That God would open supernatural doors. He would become real to us. I say yes. Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord, completely yes, my soul, say yes. Is it possible to lift up our hands with our eyes closed as a mark of surrender? My let the Spirit of God begin to open our inner mind, inner eyes. To the depths of my soul. Jesus. Yes, Lord. As we go to bed tonight Come in the vision of the night, God would begin to speak. People would begin to speak. Events would begin to speak. Lord, speak for thy servant, hear it. Open our eyes, open our hearts. Lord, we surrender to you. We ask Jesus to be our Lord and our Savior. Help us, Father. To carry the weight of the glory of our calling successfully. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. 
If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you.